America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. We are live, gentlemen. We have increased seizures of illegal drugs. Shortages of marijuana are now being reported. A dirty Reagan was such a good actor, even when he was president. He's a sweet man. God bless him. Well, 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 welcome to the show. This is the DAP, the Daily Addict, with your boy Tim and normally your boy Dave. But Dave is not joining us today. I have a couple of special guests today. We have Mike Coast. Mike Coast. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Mike Biggs from the West Coast. What up? Mm. I can always mm. redeem myself. Uh, then we have my brother from another mother. Maybe the same mother. From Denver, Jesse here. He's an expert on drugs. Welcome, dude. Yo, yo, I'm not an expert on drugs. Let's make that clear. Uh, <laughs> uh, expert and um, I'm well-rounded. And uh, Well, diverse. being from Denver, dude, you're going to have that stigma like you know about weed and now shrooms. Mm-hmm. People are going to be like, oh, he's from Denver. He knows all about shrooms. Yeah, he does them every weekend. Yeah. And you know our correspondent, Mike Biggs. Welcome, dude. I'm so glad you could be on today. I appreciate the opportunity, man, and I appreciate uh, all the listeners out here following you. It's it's a really cool thing letting us do this. Thanks. All right. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Daily Addict Show if you want to get on there and contribute to some of the content or just show your ass. We don't delete anything unless we do something extremely dumb, that which <laughs> happens sometimes. But also, if you'd like to, on your mp3 or um, podcast medium whatever that may be itunes google plus stitcher or spotify you know go ahead and give us a, a subscribe give us a good rating show some love to your boys we always got some good stories on the drug war and some good commentary and we're always trying to reach out and find people that are pro drug war which has been hard to do it's been extremely hard to do. So one of the ideas I had was I was going to go on YouTube and I was going to find some politicians that were all like, rah, rah, drug war. Look how good it is. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Or this is why I support the drug war. This is why we need to fight drugs or whatever. Besides like the main staple, which would be like Nixon, Reagan, all these guys that were obviously had their agenda on the drug war. I couldn't find one fucking piece of footage that has like a politician or a main figure, public figure talking about how excellent the drug war is working. Yeah. And the thing is, is I think it's a lot of it is just like deduction. Like they're not fighting against it simply because it's not that they like outrightly support it. Um, it's just that they're not going to fight against it because there's a whole industry of bureaucrats and subservience of them that get paid salaries. There's a whole industry that gets paid, you know, to, to work in the, in the field to prevent drugs and all that. So if a politician were to say anything bad about it, they wouldn't support that industry and that whole industry wouldn't support them. Therefore that whole bureaucratic branch could vote the other way. Why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they say something to support the drug war then? Why wouldn't they go up there and say, 
All right, uh, ju- it's, judges, it's you attorneys. Sound like an idiot. Yeah, no, let's be let's be frank. Yeah, <laughs> true. Excuse me, Jesus, Lacroix, man. <laughs> I do it to you every fucking time. Too much carbonation in your life. <sighs> well, that's interesting. Also, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to talk to you about because you live in Denver now, and um, Denver has been the focal point. Obviously, the first state in uh, Colorado was the first state to go recreational on the marijuana. Now, Denver is the first city to decriminalize mushrooms or psilocybin. So you're right in the thick of it, dude. What is the what? How's, what's the buzz around Denver? Are people talking about it? Are people fucking yeah. just uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden? You know, everybody's interested in having cow farms and shit, or. Well, one thing I noticed in Denver after, because I've lived there for about four and a half years, so <clears throat> one thing I noticed pretty quickly was that people are pretty responsive to having conversations about drugs other than cannabis. Okay. Um, you know, not the hard drugs, but like the psychedelics. When you talk about it, people are really responsive, and uh, and they want to talk about it too, or at least they want to listen, and they all have a story of their own. If, even if it's not them, it's their brother or their friend or whatever, and it's just a positive response that you get. Um, I'm, in the Midwest, I noticed a, a lot of people are completely shut out of the idea of even doing psychedelics. So it's a, it's a different world in terms of the culture and responsiveness to it. But right now, now that it's passed, yeah, of course, um, I mean, I work with people who are very well respected, who I know probably don't dabble in that kind of stuff. And, um, but they make a lot of money and they're very, they have a, hot, a lot of influence and even they're talking about it in a positive light. They, right. There's no, I haven't heard one negative thing about it from anybody. There's always a, there's always an interesting thing about psilocybin in the studies that have been done on it, fighting depression and postpartum, not postpartum, fucking uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome and stuff like that. Um, I, I dabbled myself with some microdosing. I microdosed for about 30 days and, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. My mood was better, I believe. I didn't have, I wish I would have had more data to control and like a more controlled study. Like I told people I was doing it. Like, hey, if you notice me any happier or any different, let me know or something. Because sometimes you don't really notice if you're changing because you see, you know, it's like that kind of thing. Like every day, if there's a little increase, Overall, a span of 30 days, you may not notice the huge difference because it's just a little bit every day. And getting the dosage right was a big thing because the first time I did it, I think I took too much and I almost had like a trippy feeling like everything was super funny and um, I just wanted to watch some goofy shit and laugh. Uh, But once I got the dosage down to about, it was like uh, 0.3 grams um then then it was pretty good i mean in in a capsule what was your mentality going into it as far as um finding did you know what level you wanted to be at well like what was your goal like you just my goal is yeah or i wanted to be i just wanted to find out for myself what everybody was talking about microdosing so I did a lot of research on it, and I looked at a schedule on how to do it because you don't do it every day. Mm-hmm. And what are the benefits it. of this, supposedly? The benefits are like increased neuron activity. So your brain will be you, you're, it like, like for some people, it sparks creativity. For some people, it helps set the mood. And then for some people, it helps focus. So 
kind of things that okay. Adderall is supposed to do, I guess, but totally different fucking drugs, obviously. Adderall is actually methamphetamine. I don't think Adderall does what they claim it's supposed to do, but that's not nothing new from the FDA and farm, big farm. Dude, so. Adderall is so abused. We mm. never talk about Adderall on the show, but I bet you if I looked it up, oh, you, it, would, you would be fucking shocked how many it, people it's, do it's, that. I have a feeling it's going to come up sooner or later. Yeah, show. it will. It will. We just stuck on some... Uh, we're stuck on like cities like Denver. I, I keep thinking, okay, so is this going to spread like the marijuana di- did? Is now Are now other cities that are more, I'll call it a liberal-leaning city or a libertarian-leaning type city? But it was interesting when I was in Denver how many people were from the Midwest. Like I met many people from Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan. It seems like when the... There was a huge migration to Denver. I don't know if it was because of cannabis or maybe jobs or maybe just what. Yeah, there's a lot of factors. There's, it's yeah, so much more than weed. I love it how people just kind of boil it down to oh, yeah. they made weed legal and everybody blocked here. And yeah. it's like, dude, you can get weed from drug dealers everywhere. It's not the most like oppressive thing to live with illegal. You know, most people that smoke weed have never been caught with weed and never have been criminally convicted. You know, so right. and I'm talking in the areas that it's still illegal. Right, right. But yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you can buy weed anywhere. I've heard some interesting stories that you've bought (laughs) weed in very unfamiliar places. How do you go about, say, if you were to take a trip to Europe and not know anybody there, how would you go about buying some, buying some cannabis? So first of all, you know, you can never assume in almost any country, unless you're in maybe North Korea, that there's going to be like a cop or uh, some kind of undercover agent looking out for you, looking for drugs planted at every street corner, right? Or in every bar. So I did the natural thing. Um, I just started asking questions to people who I knew and trusted immediately, right? So my Airbnb host, I mean, I rented the Airbnb from him. Right. I fucking trust him. Right. right? Like, I'm not going to think he's a cop. Right. So I asked him, you know, well, actually my, my friend who I, who went on the trip with me, he asked my Airbnb host, um, and I, we are in Prague, by the way. So Prague, first of all, a little backstory. I had no intention on getting weed in Prague. I was just on my way um, on the bus. And um, my my friend mentions, hey, you know, Czech Republic is actually really weed friendly. It's a, it's illegal there, but it's they're weed friendly. Like it's kind of like um, kind of like California is, you know. OK, uh, so. You know, to make a long story short, we made it to Prague. Airbnb host, my friend asked him, "Hey man, do you smoke?" He said, "Sometimes." And uh, he said, um, "Why? Why are you looking for some?" And we we're like, "Yeah, uh, if you can help us out." And he's like, "Well, I don't know anybody, but I know of a place. I know of a bar." So he gave he dropped a name. We looked it up. We took a taxi there. Um, we go to the inside of the bar and we just. Kind of do the natural thing, you know. I go and scope out the bathroom area and everything, and I just notice a guy where at, that multiple people people talk to in in sequence. So I'm like, okay, well he's the guy. So it's about 10 p.m., uh, 10 15 p.m., and I go up to the guy and I ask him, "Hey man, I really need some weed. Uh, do you got any?" He says, "Well, you know, after about eight o'clock around here, we switched to cocaine. The weed guy's gone." 
It's like, damn, really? There's no way you can help me out and point me in the right direction. He said, no, I'm sorry, man. He said, I can give you some coke, That's though. That's so funny. Yeah, There's dude. like a time. Yeah. So I was like, all right, fuck, I'm too late for the weed. <laughs> You're too late for the weed. Too late for the weed. It's so, kind of like when you go to a restaurant. Cocaine. It's like, it's too so late I was for with, lunch. Yeah, it's dinner time. Yeah, so I was can't with, have the BLT now. It sucks. It sucks. It sucked. Yeah, going to McDonald's really after 11, wanting yeah. breakfast and, and, and before they had it all day. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... We, I kind of like feel defeated at that point, and my my friend's girlfriend takes over um, because it's my friend, his girlfriend, and me in this bar at this point. The other three people in our party, it was a six person nice. party that traveled together. The other three people are back in the hotel. They don't smoke weed. They're going to bed or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, Airbnb, I mean. Um, so anyway, we she goes outside, smokes cigarettes, and just starts asking random people, and she gets the word of another bar. So. We finish our drinks, hop in a taxi, get to this other bar. We get to the bar, and it's there's a sign that's you know like sticking out of the concrete, um, the the brick wall, and there's a door and some windows. The windows are covered up. The door kind of like goes down a few steps, like almost like undergroundish. And there's there's like and it's locked, and there's a doorbell. So I ring the doorbell. They buzz me in. I go inside. There's like no windows in this place. It's like blue light really really dark there's smoke everywhere but there's only like three people in there and a bartender and you know out of and and i'm in prague czech republic and one of the only beers that they had was fucking corona mexican corona (laughs) it was the weirdest it was so weird Uh, but i didn't like get weird vibes because the people even though they were staring at me awkwardly I was on the hunt for weed and I felt like that this was the right place. I felt like we were steering the right place because it was so weird. I felt like it was the right place. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a normal bar. So I was like, fuck, but you're There's going through a lot of bullshit place. just to cop a sack, bro. Like bro. It, but I was on a long European trip and it was like a handful of days since I smoked weed at that point. So, yeah. So you were like, yeah, you were like, Jones I'm getting this. Jones I'm already, yeah, yeah I'm already absolutely. halfway. And unfortunately you fuck weren't, it. you weren't in the countries that were totally cannabis friendly. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. oh yeah, you did end up, or no. did you end up going to Amsterdam or no, anything like no, that? Okay. No. Okay. All of the countries were, it was illegal. Uh, but so anyway, I didn't get it everywhere. I only got it in two places, Paris and Prague. Nice. But anyway, so Prague, um, Magnifique. so we sit up at the bar and of course I didn't know what the fuck, who the fuck to ask. There was only three people in there really. So we're sitting up there awkwardly for about five minutes. We order a couple Coronas because that's the only fucking thing that they had. And, um, she, uh, this girl comes up from behind me. Um, it was a girl I noticed when I first went in there and she was, she had like an American accent and she comes up behind me and just like says in my ear, like, Hey, are you looking for cannabis? Kind of pretty quietly. And I was like, turned around. I was like, yeah. And she was like, you have to say whatever you order or whatever you want. You have to say, and some or, and more. I can't remember what it was. I think it's, and more and some and some. Yep. And some. So, um, I turned around and I was like, Hey, uh, yeah, I'll pay for this Corolla and some. And then the lady looks at me like I'm a fucking idiot, turns around. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, she she turns around, looks down at this drawer, opens it, takes out a sack of weed, turns around and throws it on the table. And then she said that'll be 20 euros. Actually, she said it'll be some, how many crowns? Because they have crowns in Czech Republic. But, but, but the crown is like kind of like not worth as much as the euro. And people rather take euros. 
So when I told her I didn't have crowns, she was almost relieved and was just like, just equated to 20 euros because I actually paid more for it because it was only going to be like 17 euros in crowns. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you got a deal in the check on the bud. Yeah. So anyway, long story short on the bud, it was good. It, it was, was like really good homegrown, nice, solid, like chemical free, nice. really good, clean, taste. good buzz. So much better than the shit I got in Paris. Wow, shitty weed in Paris, then, huh? Dude, way expensive. We paid, dude. I bought a sack for yeah. like twenty dollars. It was a pinner joint. Yeah, and then my the guy I was with bought another sack for like twenty dollars. It was a pinner joint. Why are you so cheap over there, France and or then, Paris, bro? You know what? I know we got a listener in Paris. Hey, <laughs> ma'am. Madame, enough with the pinners. Mademoiselle, tell me, Mademoiselle, why is your bud so expensive? <laughs> but please, anyways, sorry. Yeah, anyway, it's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done. You know, I scored. Some that's good. Right under the Eiffel Tower, met a couple guys. Dude, and, that's yeah. Didn't uh, I heard you had a Hawaii story? Yeah, we end up scoring. I we went to Hawaii for a for a wedding for a destination wedding, and we were supposed to. We went to Maui actually, and there's a a hippie town called Hana on the back of the island. And it's like a whole day trip. You have to rent Jeeps and shit because it's a road. It's like it, it's like a two track in some spots. I think it's a legend. Cause I never, we never did it. Instead, we went down to the local bar and, uh, used my girlfriend for like bait. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, anyways, my wife now we used her as like bait for, for a couple, for a couple of potential marijuana people, dealers. But, um, they're really weary of tourists in Hawaii. You know, if you're not local, they're really like, they don't even really look at you if you're not local. So we ended up scoring some hash, though, and it was nice. It was good hash. We got ripped off, I think, as far as the price, but you're in Hawaii. Whatever. Everything's expensive there, right? Dude, yeah. Back then, milk was, that was back in uh, 2001. Milk was $5 a gallon. Ugh. Jeez. I mean, it was everything. They don't have dairy farms. Sorry, kids. You're not oh, eating yeah. any cereal today. Uh, Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. You know, yeah. they, you got to think of what commodities they offer. Milk which, is like gold down there. Dude, if you could live off of just pineapples, then that's like the, that's <laughs> pineapple topia. And uh, yeah, so that's interesting shit. But uh, with that, with no further ado, we're going to hit up the first story of the episode. We're still going to do some wonderful news for you guys because i know you love hearing these stories and some of them are unbelievable and some of them are just you know crazy or, or normal we just cover them all we don't, we don't discriminate this is coming from the and it's uh it talks about 16 420 facts that show how far the cannabis movement has come and as you can see the cannabis cannabis movement has come pretty far in in our lifetime in my lifetime we always tell stories about back in the day, and then you just heard some uh, good stories about how cannabis is treated overseas and how it's just a universal thing. And it's it's as popular as alcohol, and that's our point is you should be able to just treat it like alcohol. Why not? Um, so <laughs> one of the most interesting things in this article is more than 40 countries have give, given medical cannabis the green light. So more and more and more you're seeing that cannabis is looked at medicinally. I think at first when cannabis first was thinking like it was first medicinal, I was really thinking to myself, ha ha, we got them fooled. There you know, <laughs> uh, you know, because at that time I just smoked weed to get high. I didn't realize the benefits of it. But when I started seeing, oh, that's how they're going to do it. 
they're going to say it's medicine. Yeah. But now I truly, truly believe it is a medicine. I've seen it um, in several forms, RSO, CBD, and just, uh, just in its regular form. I've seen, I've met a lot of patients over the years and I know people that depend on it. So that's interesting. 40 countries now. So it's making its movement around the world, you know, which is interesting. Um, it's been legalized for adults in two countries. So Uruguay and Canada, which, uh, you know, both of those, they've done it different ways. Um, Uruguay actually has government grown cannabis for a dollar a gram. So they just took the black market strictly out of the whole fucking thing. Whereas you in Canada, as everybody knows, if you listen to the last episode, $5 billion of Canadians legal weed market is still black market underground. Only 2 billion is legitimate. They had $2 billion in, in medical uh, recreational cannabis sales since they've been legal. And, but they still have a huge black market there for several reasons. Um, it's just a hard thing to try to keep your hands around and regulate when it grows, you know, when it's a plant, it's just difficult. Um, so some of these things are pretty, some of these things are showing trends on how, um, the, the cannabis is, is growing. And one of the things is it's getting legalized through the legislative process, which it's not really politicians saying we were wrong. It's more like, you know, people like us that go to politicians and start, you know, hammering, uh, them. hammering, them. making them understand, trying to get, right? you know, I know yeah. um, a lot of times you get a cannabis friendly attorney and they know how to draw laws up and introduce it and meet with the prospective Congress people who introduce the laws and stuff. So I think that's one way. Um, now, and another thing they talk about is Americans are now heavily in favor of marijuana. Almost two-thirds. Um, where back in the day, it was a lot less. It was probably less than half, um, maybe 30 years ago. So all interesting stuff, man. Um, just like right now, you're talking about Republicans and Democrats. Republicans were adamantly against marijuana for so long. I mean, strictly against it. Now they're more like, yeah, it's a personal freedom. You know, we believe it's it's a constitutional right. Yeah, that's just like a politician, though. They hear enough people say something, they're going to start parroting it, you know, just to, to get those votes, man. It's more, it it's doesn't more, matter what they personally believe. You know, they'll put the it vote. aside to say what they got to say. But either way, it's it's really good that um, people are waking up and realizing that there is a culture behind this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, to me, it's always been kind of... Uh, ironic that people can go to beer fests and stuff like that that's and, a good point and uh you got that october fest people make a big deal about it. nobody blinks an eye about people wanting to go and drink a croptober yeah but um if people want to have a pot thing and celebrate cannabis you know there's stigmas attached to that there's people that will go all oh, those bunch of stoners hippies blah 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 well if you ever in a negative manner you know so <clears throat> one way to look at that too if, if i don't know if you ever noticed though if you go out to a bar and drink with a bunch of people what the conversation is and then if you go get stoned with a bunch of people what the conversation yes, is. yeah that's, a good point. that's why i always feel like this should be a mandatory thing before we ever go to war all congress needs to smoke a joint together <laughs> right before, before they, they vote, vote on the war you know what i mean table, oh yeah they should the all yeah like 400 and, and what something yeah. of them all getting blazed yeah we'd be the next switzerland hell yeah we dude that would be awesome if we were the next switzerland mm-hmm. it would 
Not saying that Switzerland gets high. I'm not saying that making. That I'm saying that fuck that it. Government. Bunch of potheads. I'm not saying that Swiss, that's what the government does. Swiss Miss is the biggest pothead you've ever seen. I bet you they get tired of that shit. Why are you bring up Swiss Miss? That's American company. Sorry. I love you guys. Um, another point of it is uh, the the Food and Drug Administration has approved cannabis as a drug now, basically. So that's that's another land landmark thing that's helping the movement. There's also now there's a separation between hemp and cannabis. Thank God. Um, still not totally. There's still some people out there in the plains, um, out in the west there that have it confused. But can I just say something about that right quick? Yeah, I, I, I saw Idaho. that. I saw that fact, and it, yeah, and um, it kind of called attention to me because I wrote an essay in college about hemp and how different it is from cannabis. And it surprised my instructor when he read it, you know, and he scored me a hundred on it, not to brag about it, but because he learned so much, he didn't never knew about hemp and how different it actually is and all the industrial uses. Um, and one of the things I found when I was researching for that paper is, uh, an issue of popular, uh, popular science magazine. Mm -hmm, is it? Mm -hmm. It was like from 1939 or something like that that found that there was over a quarter million uses for hemp. And that was back then. Think about if maybe they Dude. studied this plant more and what they could quarter find about million. it. Like the Navy still uses their uh, it to make their ropes because yeah. there's nothing stronger or more durable. And uh, there's so much about hemp and a lot of confusion with these politicians. Again, about they want to confuse it with cannabis. Like, no, hemp does not get you high. <laughs> it's, no, it's uh, there's the THC. The traces of it is so little in that plant that it, it's impossible. So, <clears throat> uh, again, we really need to like be better educated on this. And I think we are starting to slowly, and it, it's coming out through the laws and stuff. I think the older generation still don't know. I think the uh, not about hemp, really. The, getting all the news from the newspaper and and Dan Rather generation. <laughs> That's what I mean by that. Um, another thing, um, the pots uh, pot cannabis is also the, a lot of the stocks are listed side by side with regular businesses on the stock market now. So that's a real acceptance into the mainstream because once you can get into the financial sector of the U.S., uh, you're pretty much, you know, you're golden because you're backed by what everybody cares about here for the most part. Um, and, and their stocks are going through initial public offerings. So even though it's federally illegal, that's kind of fucking crazy that invest in it smoke it in your own state if that's okay which i think it's 37 states now mm -hmm. and um you know use the hemp to make things and do it but we're still going to keep it illegal just to fuck with you i think that's they have other priorities yeah it's a it's a it's a fucking no careers are going to be built by the politician that spearheads the way to decriminalize marijuana. That's it, not going to be a that's not going to be a career building thing. They're not. I think yeah. so. There's no, certain no, industries no, that are killing. Them. No, it's yeah. not. Not for half of Congress, which are conservatives. That's something that would be actually a tarnish on their reputation in the long run, most likely. They we still got about two more generations to wait, I yep. think, and then yep. we'll be good. Mm -hmm. um, so Canada produces up to another thing that. Another fact here, uh, the 420 facts. 
Canada produces 4 million kilos of weed a year. So that's fucking 8.8 million pounds. 8 million pounds. And how many people are in Canada? How many people are there? Because they're smoking a lot of weed. A lot of it gets shipped here, though. You believe it. I mean, it's... Yeah. They they, they move it around. They move it around the world. Um, But legally, that's a lot to grow. And they run out. So that would be interesting stuff to know because that is a lot. Uh, worldwide, sales are expected to increase 38% this year. So um, it's definitely a booming industry. Uh, it's on fire. Global sales. So what do you think global sales of cannabis are going to be this year? Man. Actually, it's hard to put a number on it because things are it, so getting so much fresher every year. It is. I mean? It is hard. But they're saying, and they don't know how big it is right now exactly. Um, but they're saying by the year 2029, which is 10, from, 10 years from now, it'll be $50 billion. Whoa. And then... Uh, Annual? Yeah. CBD sales are going 140, 47%. See, the, all these future stats, I'm not digging these, so I'm going to skip over them because I, I don't believe in them, honestly, because I think, I think, they're, I think they've, they've bet on weed the wrong way for so long, and now it kind of pisses me off when, when people that don't support the movement in other ways, like business analysts and things like that, try to tap into the industry. I don't know why. I just feel that way sometimes. Maybe you call me whatever you want. But, uh, hey, I looked up something before that about Adderall. I wanted to go back to that. Um, Adderall statistics, and this is from drugabuse.com. I'm not sure if this is accurate, but among 19 to 30-year-olds, and this is in 2015, so this isn't even current, 9% 9% of males and 4% of females reported Adderall misuse. So that's abuse. That's not like considered. That's misuse. That's like going and saying I have ADHD and I really don't or whatever. And then those among 20 to 21 to 22 year olds is nearly at 11%. And um, that's reported. That's reported. I think Adderalls are, are a huge, huge thing. I know a lot of people that use them and I'm not. I, of course, I don't judge people that use drugs or anything in that capacity, but I I think that uh, it's that's not looked at closely enough. You you don't hear about that enough. It's more because it is in the uh, amphetamine family. It is a form of amphetamine. It's a stimulant, and I think with the busy lifestyle that people are expected to have now, and the worries and the and the stresses of of growing up you know being a young adult in this country at this time i think that uh i think the benefits of it help people that study late that work long hours is it really that stressful though or is it just more is just they want us to think that I think it, it if is, everyone I think if everyone got on a better diet and exercised that all oh, you know what and and, and worked and worked more for their um, own personal health to build 
healthy relationships through compromise mm-hmm. and understanding and being loving and caring toward one another. Dude, and get you the fuck off like, their phones every now and then. You sound like Dr. Phil right now. I'm just saying, man, like <laughs> No, you have a lot you that's there's a lot to that because there's a there's a, there's a sickness huge. going on no, over, overall. And there the war is. on drugs is kind of used as a tool um just to like benefit certain people that want to I distract agree. you from all that. I agree. You know what I mean? I, I think it, 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 all, it all connects. So you're agreeing with me then, kind of. Totally. All right. Well, when you have a less healthy body, you're less equipped to deal with stress. For sure. That's yeah, true. That's scientifically yeah, proven. The healthier yeah. you are, the better you are equipped to deal with stress. And actually, there's um, there's a lot of studies that say that actually stress and anxiety are great for personal growth development. It's just how you handle it. Yeah. And, you know, you can't, of course, yeah. you can't go a whole day after day after day of just stress 24 mm-hmm. seven, but putting yourself in stressful and anxious situations during your life. And especially when you're trying to grow and learn things is a huge oh, part. Yeah. Everyone needs to yeah. go through yeah. adversity yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean, but it when strengthens you, you when you, yep. when you, when you test your body physically and mentally, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, the fact that people are dealing with stress twenty four seven and they're letting it pile on, it has a sickness. Um, it has right. a lot to do with their health and yeah. also finances. And they right? overuse stuff. And like, I mean, some people. You've mentioned it more than a few times on this podcast, dude. That you can be addicted to anything. Yeah, you can be an you addict I mean? to anything. I know. Yeah. I work with guys that go to casinos and spend their whole damn bonus checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, just stuff like that. And uh, it's to the it's the feeling. Yep, for it's sure. The feeling. So let's move on to our next article and our last article, and this is interesting. This is from WSAZ.com. I think this is out of Arizona, AZ, maybe. But anyways, no, it was out of Kentucky, Ashland. A, the, there was a dog that was attacking a cat. Now I've heard of I've heard of drug busts happen every way so far. It's been a crazy journey listening to this, but I haven't heard this yet. A dog attacking a cat led to a big meth bust. So dogs and cats are known as natural enemies, but uh, this may be the first time the fight between the species led to a major drug bust. Sherry Fry said late Easter Sunday night, her next door neighbors, two pit bulls attacked a cat on her front porch. They don't just, they don't leash them. She said they just run loose. So first of all, Anyways, I'll the keep pit bulls. <laughs> Fry reported that the dog attacked to the police. Uh, to the police, and around midnight, the officer showed up at the neighbor's house on Gallagher Drive in Ashland. Police say they checked the name of the man who lives in the house and learned he was already an outstanding traffic warrant. He had a traffic warrant for his arrest. So after being, um, after that information, uh, when the officer told the man he was under arrest, the man assaulted him. So then the officers went officers went into the house and found $243,000 worth of meth along with a small amount of marijuana and 4300 in cash and drug paraphernalia. So you are clearly not built to be a drug dealer. What's your name? Franklin Certain Jr. Um so you have two unleashed pit bulls on your front porch. <laughs> You have a warrant for your arrest. You got a quarter million dollars of meth sitting in your house, and you want to argue with the police officer that's arresting you. Dude. And attack him? Obviously, he's a user, but that is crazy. So, yeah, uh, Franklin Sertain and Ricky Wirtz 
were arrested and facing several charges, including first-degree trafficking and a controlled substance. Um, to get this a significant amount of street off the street and to get it in the hands out of these individuals, using this poison, uh, this to poison our community, this is fantastic. Man. I hate to tell you, Officer Kelly, but you did a noble deed in, for sure because you did your job. I thank you for that. But that isn't shit and and there there's there's more drugs to come so um this one was given to you uh this Pretty was much. this was a gift mm-hmm. there's many more smart cunning educated well experienced drug dealers that don't have pit bulls unleashed on their front porch that don't have a warrant and that will not argue with the police officer when they got a quarter million dollars of drugs Sitting in their house. That sounds yeah. so dumb. I just are, are you sure they didn't plant this guy? Like that, this that seems like re- yeah. That you know the officer I mean? being so proud that was low hanging fruit. Like dude. yeah, yeah, yeah I know <laughs> it was. It, it was like this job well done. You know what I mean, motherfucker? They gave that to you. That's right. like the that's like the bank robber coming in, throwing the cash on the fucking counter, saying, "All right, I did it." You know, I just don't fucking get it. But um. That's that's funny. The investigators found 2.68 pounds of crystal meth, some marijuana. Um, what is that? A naloxone tablet? So they found one tablet. They, it was important to report to that one tablet every, they found. Every drug in there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much Tylenol they found. Yeah, they probably went in there. Bear don't want them to know that. They seized the Cadillac Escalade. This guy sounds like a real winner. Um I I still don't condone jailing him. I don't know what his, you know, obviously he was a traffic violator and everything else. Obviously, I'm still kind of like the methamphetamine thing. It, it definitely is, is there's two sides to that story because basically Adderall is legal methamphetamine. It's in the same family. It's very close to it. Yeah, but it affects you more like cocaine. <sighs> Yeah, somewhat. It's it's, it's a different. There feeling. are chemical differences. But yeah, the because recipe, if you like, well, crystal meth is more like rocket fuel. It's for your, cleaner and made in a lab. Yeah, okay, I you know you. what I'm saying. So, as long as it's clean, that doesn't mean that it's something you should do all day, every day. Well, anyways, it's good having you guys on the show, man. I appreciate it for sure. Appreciate you. Fucking awesome. Everybody out there, check us out once again. What's up to the my boy Dave? Your boy Dave. Our boy Dave. He'll be back soon. 